Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Herspiration Happy Hour. This is your unapologetic diva, Dr. G. This is Cortina Peters, aka the girlfriend therapist. And Louisa is not with us today, so we don't. Do you have a drink for us? Uh, sure, I have a drink right here. We're okay. just gonna, you know, what I'm feeling happy, and you know, we're just gonna do something that's um, not on the rocks, but um, neat, and we're gonna go with some Jim Bean peach um, whiskey. Or oh, okay, whiskey. yes. So Is, you don't have a chaser with it. Mm -mm. Oh, and then I know we don't have no mocktail for today. <laughs> the mocktail will be some apple juice with some peach juice. Okay, apple juice, peach juice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right now, huh? I am sipping on champagne. All right, today. woo! Love that glass. It's pretty. I, you know what? And I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Just since Herspiration Happy Hour colors are purple, your favorite color is purple. This is my favorite. One of my favorite glasses That's that has so purple. pretty. Thank you. I, I have a thing for for wine glasses. I own more wine glasses than I do drinking glasses. Yeah. I, I, I've always have, I probably own, you know, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not, how many, <laughs> I don't say how many wine glasses I have. I have long stem, no stem, short stem, the roll around ones that uh, I have, tip over. have the big wine glasses, the small wine glasses, you know, because, you know, they have different glasses for red wine versus white wine. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And I have my, you know, my, my glasses that, after two glasses, you don't drink a bottle. Yeah, I just drank out the bottle. Well, that's kind of not like fancy. Not. <laughs> I have not really. I'm not really. Um, unless I was playing around, I don't really drink from a wine no. bottle. No, I would that equates to like drinking a forty malt liquor. Okay. Well, Wednesday. <laughs> Every Wednesday, we choose a woman that we shout out. Yeah, I know you're over there thinking. Uh, <laughs> we shout out as our WCW crushes for the week. Do you have your crush for the week? I do, actually. So um, I'm going to say that my crush for the week uh, was someone who I adore dearly. She spoke at my opening. Um, her name is Melissa Myers, and she was running for District 40 uh, in the state of Florida for House of Representatives. Um, mm -hmm. We had elections last week, and unfortunately, she actually did not win. However, that did not stop her passion or anything because she still is full steam ahead. She's preparing for the next election. And I just think she's a wonderful asset to the community. Uh, and the reason why I say that is not because I know her, but mm -hmm. it's because she actually puts in the work. Like I see what she does. Like her heart is mental health, which of course strikes a chord with me and the geriatric population. So she organizes volunteer events. 
where she goes into the homes of the elderly and actually has cleanups. She has people volunteer to cut their lawns for free and just to help them out because sometimes our geriatric population and our elders are kind of forgotten, especially if they don't have family members to go in and check on them. And so they don't have the physical capacity and capability to go ahead and do all those things. So having extra hands that come to help you with the upkeep of your home and she spearheads that. And I think she's just absolutely amazing. Um, and I think that the reason why this wasn't the race for her was because God has bigger and better things for her and her time and effort there's better uses uh, for that. Now, yes, she's still going to be running for uh, other things, but I, that's who I'm crushing on this Wednesday. And that is Miss Melissa Myers. Okay. All right. All right. So my crush for the week, it comes kind of, it's bittersweet because she's been on our show before and I'm going to shout her out for a specific reason. I don't know if you remember, I don't know if quite a few episodes ago, um, Tanya McKenzie, she is a Los Angeles County Commissioner in Redondo Beach. So oh, yes, 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 yes. So she wrote to us, she wrote to the Herspiration Happy Hour show and you all, I want you all to pay really close attention. I don't know what's flying in here. I want y'all to pay really close attention about what I'm about to read to you all because this is so vital and so important when it comes to voting and when it comes to black women in places of position that have been doing some dynamic things. She wrote, I wanted to check in. It's been a minute and I know that we discussed chatting again in the future. I wanted to give you an update. So here's her update. I am running for Redondo Beach City Council. And if I win, I will be the first woman ever in the seat and the first person of color on the council. Wow. The possibility of being received well by our current council majority and major and mayor. They have started the dog whistles and dirty politics. Mm. Voter suppression is evident in the fact that they put the election on a Wednesday, two weeks before the general election to confuse the voters against the advice of the city attorney. They have gone so far to create fake a fake Facebook account with my name and images. It has been reported over 50 times and Facebook has yet to take it down. Wow. You guys already know that I am a Los Angeles County commissioner, a gun, a gun violence uh, survivor, a child advocate and a mother of four from very humble beginnings. I have lived in Redondo Beach for nine years and served the com this community well. There are two things on the ballot, cannabis and the recall of the district for councilmen. It is no coincidence that I am on the ballot with cannabis. They continue to stigmatize and connect it to black and brown people. Mm -hmm. I was asked by our, commu our community members, the past mayor and the past councilman that sat in this seat to run, to run to the replace, to run the replace, to run to replace the incumbent. Things have not been good. The racism mm -hmm. and sexism are blatant and unimpeded. Wow. The most incredible part of this is how few black women mayors have reached out to me with support. This has been incredible. Wow. I have so many issues with this. So many issues with this. And she just wants, she just said, let me know if we can discuss this further. Shining a light on what's going on in some of these charter cities could be of great interest to the public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read that and the only thing i told her i said give me a call let's chat wow. 
So she said she was going to give me a call, but I wanted to shout her out for wanting to step up. See, at this point, it's not about winning or losing. It's about recognizing how they are treating black women who are stepping into higher positions of power because she's a Los Angeles commissioner already. So she already has a position of authority that she has served in extremely well. She's been on our show before, has done some amazing things. Yes, she's she's. I, if I was a gun uh, a gun violence survivor, I would you know have some issues in, in terms of gun control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But still, if you run and you're the only one on a ballot where it's with cannabis, that's a problem because it is very stigmatizing. It's, they act as if the only people who um, have anything to do with drugs and alcohol and cannabis and all of that are are black people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many places you all go and visit. If you drive around, you will always know if you look at your surroundings, whether you are in a white area or a black area by the term spirits versus liquor store. Yeah. So wine and spirits in, you know, if you just go over the bridge a little bit in different places you go. But as soon as you hit a, a black neighborhood, it's the liquor store. Liquor store. Uh huh. Is no gone are gone are the wine and spirits. Yep. So and so that right there lets you know how they they look at us in the black and brown communities, how they regard us and those things that put stigmas and stereotypes on black people. Mm -hmm. So when I received this, I'm shouting Tanya McKenzie out as my WCW because she is a woman that's making a difference. If you are in the Redondo Beach area, go vote, go vote for her. Yes. She is somebody that is going to be active in your community, unlike some people. And what I appreciate most is she'd rather call out the people who have started the dog whistles and dirty politics instead of stooping to their level. Right. So Tanya McKenzie, I am hoping for the best for you and I'm hoping that you win. And I hope everybody in California either somehow puts that shit on blast. I'm just going to say it straightforward. Put that shit on blast because it's undeserving for someone like Tanya. So yeah. it's yeah. so funny how we both pick politicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it wasn't even like we didn't even arrange it or anything like that. No, it just got to happen. Oh, not at all. But, you know, I'm I'm ex excited to talk with her to see what I can do. I don't live in California, but I do know people in California. I, I will be having some conversations with some people who are in that area, um, you know, that can hopefully step in and make a change for her. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Ah, so our guest is already here. So we're going to bring her up a little bit early. I don't know if she's going to be sipping on anything. We got, <laughs> we got whiskey, we got champagne. So let's see if she's bringing a cocktail or a mocktail with the conversation. Okay. This mix. Okay. Come on up here, Ra Harmon. How are you? I uh, don't hear you. Uh-oh. Oh, how are you? <laughs> how are you? You want to be Rashidra or Rob? Which one do we should be calling? Rob, it's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. So tell all of our viewers a little bit about yourself. A little bit about me. I am Rashidra Harmon. Um, some call me Ra or Ra. Mm -hmm. I am a mother of four. I currently work in alternative education as a school counselor. Um, working with children, that's my passion. That's what I enjoy doing. Writing, 
children's books allows me to still use my passion, however, just in a different outlook, a different perspective. Um, what else about me? I am currently working on my doctorate degree in applied behavioral analysis and hoping to succeed and complete the program and work on my dissertation and not take 10 years doing it. Um, <laughs> that is kind of me in a nutshell. I just okay. love this. I love this dynamic because you weren't on the con before, before you came on, before we even started this podcast, you're, you're getting, first of all, you're not going to hope you pass. You're going to, you, you're going to be, you know, Dr. Ra Harmon. Um, <laughs> and just like, you know, Cortina's wrapping up her, her, um, dissertation now she has okay. her defense on the 22nd we was just talking about that and she's in behavioral health as well except for on the sexual side okay <laughs> you got this the love and light to you because yes we know, we know how it feels <laughs> yes yes yes, yes. We know exactly how you feel to be in the program, but what I will say, and I'm sure Cortina could contest to, as you are going through this program, in the times when it feel hard, push through, because it's going. You're, you're going to, you know, you probably lose some weight. You're going to be stressed out. You, it's it's going to get hard and rough, and it's going to challenge you. But I think that's what makes this program and makes what people who attain that level of degree, they, that's what makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. 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 So. Absolutely. I'm, uh, look, we're going to be celebrating you next. Just wait. How, how, how far into the program are you? So right now I have seven classes left, seven core classes left. Mm -hmm. And I am waiting to see if my thesis um, proposal is approved from the IRB, which I haven't heard anything back yet. So thumbs up. And after that, I'm supposed to be done with all of the core classes by the fall of 2023. So okay. they, they're giving a year and some change to work on my dissertation. Okay. That's so smart. Don't, don't do like me. Don't do like me. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I, I wrote my dissertation and took classes at the same time. Oh, they won't let us do that. We, we, we're not allowed to do that. I think I have to finish all. I don't think we are either. I think I have to for, finish all of the core classes. Yeah, we had to do I that. Start mm -hmm. on the dissertation piece. Yeah. So no, I I did kind of both. Um, so let's let's get into your book because you know you talked about your passion for working with children, um, and actually before we get into the book, I'm, I don't know if you all like follow the news and that all of this. They recently had this whole social media about the guy that got on the bus cussing some kids out that was bullying his children or his, his daughter. And what people have not really looked at regarding that is that for he had been doing this for, well, making reports about it for months and nothing was ever done. So he felt like he had to protect his child. Right. So as, a, as a school counselor, you know, how do you even begin to start addressing those those things where parents are not getting the support that they need in order to make their children feel safe? I will say that every school system is different. Everybody's protocols are different. Now, I'm a parent as well as a school counselor. So I look at it from a lot of times both angles, because if that was my child, then I would feel some type of way as well. If I felt like nothing was being done. Mm -hmm. Now, as a, from the counselor perspective, you know, okay, 
who were you talking to? Because sometimes that's important. That's an important piece. If you're not really reaching out and talking to someone that you really need to be talking to, like maybe a counselor or the AP or the director or the principal of the building, a lot of times that also makes a difference. And if that doesn't work, I would even suggest going to the school board before you take drastic measures that may take you away from your child or someone pressing charges or things getting mm -hmm. ugly. Um, but bullying is serious. And that's the serious problem right now. It's a lot of young kids that are thinking about things like suicide and that are depressed and that feel like they're worthless and they don't fit in or they're just different or they don't want to be around people. Like all of those things play in a factor and all of those things, they weigh on everyone. And mm -hmm. if adults feel that way and sometimes adults can't take it, you know, we can only imagine how children feel and how they're what they're going through as far as them being able to not deal. Um, so as the dad doing that, okay, yes, he was protecting his son, he was protecting his child, his daughter, whichever. However, maybe we should have tried other avenues just to see if that was really our last, our next option. Um, so you know. We get emails all the time, and sometimes things do get hectic. Sometimes that counselor does need to be, you know, reminded or asked or just following up. Hi, Mr. So-and-so or Ms. So-and-so, were you able to contact or were you able to speak with that student? Or did you get a chance to do that? And not even just that, even talking to the child. Mm -hmm. um, that's important, not just the person that's doing the bullying, but also the person that's being bullied. You might not be able to do mediation. You might not be able to put them both in the same room. It's about the child's comfortability. However, both of them need to be talked to. Mm. How often do, is that something that you deal with? I know you said earlier that it's a huge problem, but on a day-to-day -day basis in what you do, how often do you feel that you're mediating students that may come to report to you bullying and what happens next? The sad part is oftentimes it's not reported. Mm. Wow. Um, oftentimes the person that's being bullied may not say something. And which makes it even harder for someone to do something because if someone doesn't know, then what really can they do about the situation? Mm -hmm. And often they don't tell anyone. Sometimes you're just walking through and you have to pay attention. You have to see what's going on. You have to be in the hallways. You have to be in the classrooms to be able to identify, okay, what may be going on. But you also have to wait for that child to confirm unless you see something extreme to say something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So it's not something, oh, well, such and such is bothering me. Maybe because I'm on high school and middle school, so that might make a difference. But okay. They're not really, oh, well, such and such bothered me or, well, I can't take it anymore unless they're to that breaking point. Okay. Wow. So so what was the inspiration or was it a situation similar to this in terms of how kids love themselves as a counselor? You see and deal with a whole lot of different personalities, regardless of the age of the kid. I always feel like, you know, when children are young and they don't address how they feel internally and they still feel some, some kind of way, they carry that into middle school, they carry that into high school, they carry that into adulthood. So what prompted you in your mind to say, oh, I think I want to write children's books? 
Um, my first book, I feel like I decided to write as a teenager. And my plus to me was I was a teenager writing from a teenage perspective. So it's not me being an adult and I'm writing as an adult what I think a teenager is thinking. That was me writing as a teenager from a teenage mindset of how I felt going through teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, as far as I took a break. But then, okay, now I have kids. And being able to sit and talk to my kids and then working in alternative education before as an English teacher and as an instructional assistant, I heard different things. You know, sometimes you hear students say, well, I'm not cute. Well, I don't like my hair. Well, I don't like anything about myself. Or the boys, well, I didn't have those types of pants, Ms. Harmon, so I don't know what to do. Or the kid that might not have the name brand. Or the kid that, you know, feels like he doesn't have anything to offer. Or the female that feels like, okay, the only way for me to be cute is to show everything that I have. So, you know, it just made me want to, okay, so what am I going to do? I don't want my kids to feel that way. I don't want anyone's kids to feel that way. And I have nieces and nephews. I don't want them to grow up feeling like um, they had to look a certain way or they had to dress a certain way. My niece made a big, um, a big stand, I would say. Um, she had, she cut her hair. She wanted her mommy, she got her hair cut. And she was saying that she wasn't her hair. Mm-hmm. That people always talk about how pretty her hair was and things like that, but she wasn't her hair. She was more than just her hair. So I feel as though sometimes, you know, we often do say to a child, oh, you're so beautiful, or you're so cute, or you're so handsome, but how often do we tell them that they're intelligent, or that was smart, oh, you're a great thinker. Like, in education and at home, I find it more rewarding for us to start rewarding them verbally and to continue to putting that positive image or that po- those positive words so they might have a bad answer you know but well, I'm smart okay. so I didn't get that right but I'm still smart well I, well I did the best I could so it's okay and often I tell even my students as long as you do your best that's all anyone can ask me as long as you do your best whether that's a D or an A your best which matters the most and don't beat yourself up for doing the best if that's the best you can do then that's what you have to offer. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when, what was the, um, the theme of your book overall? That the, the child is perfect. Like no matter what, you are perfect the way you are. My son had braces at the time. I even have a page in there. It doesn't matter if you have braces on your teeth mm-hmm. or you don't. Mm-hmm. You're still perfect the way you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I have braces now. But before <laughs> I got my braces, um, of course, I have a gap. And growing up, I was picked on mm. about my gap. I've always been different. But I was different in many ways, including the fact that I had a gap. And some places, people that have gaps are known as queens and noble and you know different things just depending on the area so sometimes it depends on where you grow up at yeah um to see the brighter picture of things but i wanted them to no matter what no matter if you wear glasses if you don't wear glasses you're still perfect you know when we were growing up it was four eyes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know your four eyes you have glasses well okay now some of those kids that didn't have glasses now they have glasses too so okay so now you're four eyes too with me so we're all in here together 
But I wanted to just remind kids that it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes um, you have family members. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes you have family members that may not look like you. Right. Um, every family member is not going to be the same complexion. Everybody is not going to have the same background. Everyone is, some people have blended families, but no matter what, that does not change the fact that you're perfect the way you are. All yeah. of our hair is even different tonight. You have your, I love that workup. Then you have Dr. G, she has the blonde, brown, curly. I have the butterfly yeah. locks, mm-hmm. but each of us are still perfect in our own way. Right. Yeah. Right. So, no, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know that you're perfect no matter whether you're short or tall, skinny. I find myself to be a little on the fat side, a little thick, thick quarters, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm perfect. You know, whether right. I'm a size our pastor say two or twenty-two, that doesn't mean that I'm any more perfect or any less perfect than the next person. Yeah. Right. So the overall goal is just to reiterate. That no matter what, no matter your skin color, no matter your hair type, your hair texture, some of us are natural, some of us are permed. Some people can't do anything with the hair, but regardless, like the overall encounter is you're still perfect the way you are. Right. Yeah. I want to just talk about this cover. I love it. Because there is there is a lot going on that needs to be talked about. How? Do, what was the vision behind creating this. You have two children here, but you have eight children here. I, I So I'm just loving this. What was the idea when you thought about creating the cover, especially because it matches so well to saying you're perfect the way you are <laughs> and you give four, four different dynamics of a girl, you give four different dynamics of a guy. So honestly, the illustrator for, well, all the books that I want to do um, is his name is Paul Jerry. He's a gentleman that I went to college with that I met. And when oh. I started writing and trying to figure out, you know, an illustrator, I need pictures this time. It's not like my poetry book. This is on a different level. Who do I trust to illustrate these pictures? And the publishing company that I was talking to, oh, well, we have someone. Uh, okay, but I don't want just someone. I someone. want someone that I'm comfortable with, someone that I can talk to, someone with a vision. And I said, okay, well, Paul draws. So let me contact him. Okay. I te- wrote him on Facebook, Paul, I have an idea, but I need to know how you feel. And we started talking from there. And really, I let him, I send him the manuscript. I asked him how he felt. He said, Ro, what are you thinking? I said, I don't know. I just want you to go with it. Like, put mm-hmm. you in this mm-hmm. book. I want us to be able to collab. He's a Kappa. I'm a AKA. And I said, I want you to be able to just, this is the Divine Nine. We went to UMES together, alumni. Let's make this work. And he just went with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he says, Ro, what you think? I said, hmm. I like it. Okay. Like so, we well, I think we should do this, and we would go back and forth, and we went back and forth for months, but we would change things, and then we didn't have anyone with Bertiago at first, and then he said, "Well, how do you feel if we do that?" And I said, "Okay." 
So it was like he was able to put what he thought into his pictures and his illustrations. And then we talk about it. And sometimes I would say, I like it. And then he would go, mm, I don't think I like it. So he would make changes and go back through. And he would go, okay, so what do you think this time? And we would just go back and forth. So really all of the illustrations, all of the thoughts for that, all of that goes to him. All I had to do was agree okay. or disagree. And often I agreed and then he would disagree with himself and then we would come back to the drawing board again. So it was all him. All I had to do was say, yeah or nay. Well, what do you think about the background? I don't know. Outside playground, we went from a playground to the school bus to the world. And our thought was we didn't want to just touch one area, but we're trying to touch everyone. So it's a global effect. Right. And he's like, okay, well, I think I'm going to do this. And, oh, one with puffy hair. Oh, what about the haircut? I said, okay, one with braids or locks or, okay, natural puffs. So it was really a collaboration. But besides that, all I really had to do was agree. So okay. it that the illustrations, all of that completely goes to him. Okay. Dynamic idea for a cover. And we go University of Maryland Eastern Shore. My fiance yes. graduated from there. Look at that. <laughs> Somebody else look. UMES Hulk Pride. <laughs> you graduated from there. So I was like, okay. <laughs> no, this it is so super good. So what would you say your connection is to your book? I would say my connection overall to the book is I could see myself as a child in the book. I could see myself even as an adult. Like oftentimes we don't feel like we look our best. Well, maybe not you all, but I can say I don't always feel like I look my best. Absolutely. I don't feel like, okay, sometimes, mm, well, you need to do something different. I can even say with my hair, I go through hair changes. Um. I went and got my hair. I had my hair in braids. I've had locks. I've had so many things going on. And okay, I was okay and I was comfortable. Normally I wear my hair out in the end of the summer. And my baby sister graduated from Virginia State University in May. And I had taken my take my braids out. Now, okay, I'm gonna wear my hair down and thinking, you know, I was cute. And it was black. And I don't like plain black hair on me. Mm. Now, it looks good on other people. And I like it on other people, but I don't like it on me. And I didn't feel like myself. Not only that, I give everyone a shout out that can be natural, but that's <laughs> not me. I don't like combing my hair and I can hear the comb coming through my hair. I just don't like it. I don't like it. So I will get a perm twice a year and be just as happy and satisfied and content. Mm -hmm. I've seen my sisters braid their hair up and wet it, put rice water and conditioner oh, yeah. and all that stuff on it. I don't have time for all of that. I don't have patience for all of that. Give me some color, some bleach, and a perm, and I'm happy. <laughs> like, that's just me. Um, yeah. So I could see myself because sometimes I'm not comfortable with how I look. Okay. You know, sometimes, okay, I look in the mirror and I see, oh, you're cute, bruh. And then other times I'm like, girl, you are huge. Like, we need to fix this. We need to do something about it. So as adults, we feel this way. So 
listen to my kids talk or listen to my students talk, they have the same feelings. Mm. And sometimes we need to remind it, be reminded, oh, you're beautiful. Or you look nice today. And sometimes that's like to our ears because sometimes, oh, yeah. really? Thank you, girl. This your own, but thanks. Like, girl, you show out on them photos. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was like, okay, yes. Yeah, she had a photo shoot and she was sharing her photos. I was like, go, girl. That was that was hard. Really? Mm. Photo shoot was one of the hardest things I have done in a long time. Mm. I do not find myself a photogenic person. I will take photos with my kids all the time. With my siblings, we might take four and five pictures to get a right one, get one right. Okay. But my baby sister loves, you know, she smiles and she cheeses and she takes pictures in different angles. That is not me. And it took forever. She says, say cheese. I said, I don't show my teeth. I can smile like this. She said, I'm going to make you do it again. Please don't, because this is miserable. I'm just not happy. So it took forever. She told me to do one little pose. And my my one of my sisters said I looked like I was flying <laughs> during the photo shoot. So instead of me doing the pose that she wanted, I have one pose where I'm like, but I'm smiling, but that's mm -hmm. now that's me. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so when I saw the pictures, I said, Oh, let me send these. These are a little nice, they're cute. I even look like I had a full face of makeup on. You did, and I don't like makeup. No, as but as I have a lip, some lip gloss and some eyeshadow. I'm good. So mm -hmm. now that you look at the pictures and you've had this shoot, does it change the way that if you go back and have a second shoot where you'd be more comfortable now, seeing that the outcome of your nervousness didn't show up, girl, you did it. You you did your thing on those photos. Like I was like scrolling. I'm like, what? Go ahead, girl. And then <laughs> it was like, I don't like smiling. And those were the Best one. Those were literally the best. <laughs> no, now I will say I smile, but normally my smile is. Oh no, you were showing teeth in the ones that I liked, right? Because she kept saying, "I'm going to keep doing this until you." Oh, show until you smile. Mm -hmm. And I was tired of doing it, so it was either going to be my way or her way, and she was winning. So I decided to just cooperate. Yeah, but you know what? You're not the only one. My very first photo shoot, I was a mess. I was like, okay, I may as well just throw up. I felt awkward. Um, I didn't like the experience, but my photographer made me extremely comfortable and the shoot went well. Fast forward, mm -hmm. what is this? Um, I'm guessing three or four, almost five years now. Can every quarter, sometimes every month, every other month, I'm in, I'm in a studio like, okay, let's go. How do I need the Let's go. Let's do well, this. That's even the um for the last event that we did in Houston, Texas, and we got in the in the little area where the thing spent. Yeah, that was horrible. Mm. I said, "What do I do?" And they were all laughing like I was stiff. I was trying to move, and it was spinning. And I said, "Well, where do I look at next?" And I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> it's not for me." And we did it three times. And it still wasn't right. I was like, oh. It came out I, cute, though. No. Yeah. The else was just, came cute. They were flowing. You were playing a guitar. No, I don't care. Oh, uh, you got to excuse me. I, I like to be a kid in those environments. So I totally, you know, mm -hmm. 
I need some bubbles and just a bubble gun and just be able to not pay attention to nothing that was going on. Next time, I'm just going to act like I don't even see it coming. So I'm not even going to be looking at it. And that's, that's going to be my shooting. That's, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you do it. Just If you don't pay as much attention to the camera itself. But I think also, like, my photographer knows me now. If if I put something on and I'm not really feeling it and I don't feel comfortable in it, it shows up. And okay. she'll just say, you don't really like the outfit, do you? And I'm like, whatever is going on. Or whatever's going on. And there are some times where I have left the shoot and come back the second day, the next day to shriek. Okay. Baby said, he we got a little little visitor who want to come on the podcast. He is not coming on the podcast. (laughs) She is not. But I think I might be a little more comfortable next time. Okay. Or even actually act like I'm a little more comfortable because I think if I smile, you know, she'll go ahead, okay. And I might get a few of them in there that I can and still be <laughs> myself. Yeah. 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 So if I cooperate a little better in the beginning, it might not take as long. Okay. So I'm, I want to get into some, some not tough talk, but real one question. Oh, go ahead. What caused you to transition from writing poetry to children's books like what was that transition like i actually still write poetry okay okay um not only do i write poetry one of my sisters she writes poetry as well and my best friend he was writing poetry so we would all we would write and then share um so i still do write poetry okay but here lately my ideas have been children books the day that I wrote You Are Perfect the Way You Are, I was sitting at the table, at the kitchen table, and I was just writing. And I went from You Are Perfect the Way You Are to Mommy, Mommy, What Can I Be? To Daddy, What Do You Think of Me? All in one setting. And I'm like, okay, wait, it's still it's still flowing. It's, it's coming. All right, next page. Um, even to the point where I thought of a book um, titled It's Warm Outside, Let's Go Out and Play. Mm-hmm. Now, for that one, it took a little bit of effort and more effort because I the purpose of that book was to involve games that we played outside that kids don't play anymore and kids don't go outside like they name one name one I don't let me hear some of these games jacks (laughs) (laughs) you know jacks I rem- have you ever like lost, stepped on one of them suckers? Ooh, oh my god! So you had jacks and and four square, four square, yeah, and around the world. If people love playing basketball, but they don't play around the world and bubble gum, bubble gum, and in a dish, how many pieces? Yes. <laughs> my, my, my oldest son and I, we were talking about playgrounds, and I said, "Well, y'all playgrounds are whack." He said, Mom, what do you mean? And I said, because everything now is so safe. <laughs> so mind you, I did. I said, y'all don't even have a merry-go-round. Oh, yeah. And he said, well, what's that? Wait, you took a merry-go-round away? Oh, yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't have merry-go-round is gone. Yeah, you find it. Unless you maybe go to a hood that hasn't been uh <laughs> yet, you might find a rusty one with half the, the color scraped off. It's gone. But you ain't going to find them in 
parts and you got what about the little rocking back and forth thingies the little they horses. have those in some parts yeah okay they, they have those at some not many but at some what the parks now um the Yoga sliding gyms. Board, swing uh, hey what's those uh uh, monkey bars, monkey bars, um, monkey bars, and the crazy Whoa. thing is, yeah. when I was in elementary school, we were oh, playing. Seesaw. Yeah, I don't not too many seesaws, maybe one or two. No, no. Um, see, folks said um, and seesaw. So when I was in elementary school, we were you know playing and we played tag. And me being, I was so smart. That's me being optimistic. Um, go up the slide, getting a tall one. Intelligent I was, and I didn't want to be tagged. I didn't want to be it. You're it. My genius self jumped off the top of the sliding board and went down and twisted my ankle. Crutches and I couldn't walk. And my great grandma had me put my leg propped up, and that was the worst thing ever. Wow. Ever in life. Wow. Because then I didn't want to go to, I wanted to walk sooner because my bus driver gave me a hard time with these crutches, and I had to crutch down to the bus stop, and then she didn't want to stop for me at the house. And so you learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's. I learned. But I did. I told my son, I said, you're this whack. You don't have to make What was that? I said, so we used to have people on it and we used to hold on to the bars and run and run and run. And then we jumped on and just spin and you didn't get off until it stopped. He said, that was dangerous. Or until you jumped off. Yeah, I never did that part. I did. I would jump off. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you'd be like, let me see who can jump off before it stops. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was a tomboy growing up, oddly. Yeah, I'm very prissy now, but I was a tomboy. I was a prissy tomboy. So I would wear a dress with shorts underneath. I carry a purse, but it had rocks in it. So I like, <laughs> well, I can't say that I wasn't. I think I was I yeah. was pretty much that. We climbed trees. Exactly. And jumped out the tree into the leaf pile at the granddaddy said to put them in piles and rake them and put them in bags. And then we had to do it over. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't too far. Yeah, see, it's just it that those times don't exist, do they? No, but I will say that my kids had to go outside and rake leaves, and it brought memories back in me and myself. I was like, Come on, you guys, you got to jump in them. I'm like, What jump in the leaves? I'm like, You have to jump oh, in the leaves, it's not fun if you don't jump in them. So, we ended up throwing my daughter in them, but she enjoyed herself. <laughs> So you still so you still write poetry, you still write children's books. So I'm gonna ask the question of questions. Okay. What has your experience been like now that you are a, that you published mm. your children's book? What what has that experience been like now coming into the light of being a children's book author? Um mind blowing in a sense. Oh. And I say that because this book has offered me so many other experiences that I didn't think were going to come from it. Um, when I published, I was just, okay, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to try this again. I didn't do much the first time. I didn't sell any books. I didn't, I didn't do much of anything. Um, but I want to do this again. I want to try it again. I told my son, I'm like, sure, I want to write again. He said, okay, are you ready? So he's like, mom, did you do it? I'm coming. 
So did you do it? No, not yet. I have cold feet. Mm -hmm. So did you do it now? I did it. And stop asking me. I did it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I wanted to try it again. I wanted to do it again and see if I had the same experience. Mind you, it was like, okay, if I can touch at least one child, if I can change at least one life, if I can have one child read it, I've made some type of difference. Mm -hmm. To even have my kids read it from the paper manuscript in one format to the book format. And I actually used my five-year-old, like, can you read this to me? He's like, uh. I'm like, okay, because if you know the words, and if you know what I'm saying to you, then that means it'd be easier for me to say the same thing and someone else your age or older to be able to read it and possibly understand what I'm saying to them, mm -hmm. to be able to inspire mm -hmm. and encourage um, but I didn't think I've had, I've been on podcasts, I've been at different signings, I've met different people, I've met you, I've been exposed to different areas. The last book tour I felt was so powerful because in Houston, we did a lot of networking. I was able to meet principals and teachers and people from different education areas to see what they're going through with their experience, different authors meet different mindsets. That's mm -hmm. the mind blowing mm -hmm. part to me, just to be able to meet people, be able to meet more kids. Um, and I don't have to counsel them, but I get to talk to them, see them, give them candy after their parents say only one piece and I give them two and they still go home and they have smiles on their faces. And even the last time, the last reading I did, the one little girl was up front. She was talking back to me. She was telling me what the little girl had on. And it was like her hair and just interaction. And that was a great piece for me. So that's the mind blowing part. Yeah. Okay. And then in terms of, so what people fail to realize, and, you know, we'll cover this quickly and then we'll let you, let you go, not hold you for any more time. Um, what people don't see is that when you enter onto this side, you become a business. So how has that experience shifted for you? It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Realistically, being transparent, it's a lot. It's a lot to be Rod Harmon books mm. and author and making sure, okay, you send this email back. Oh, you have to change this. Oh, these corrections are due. Oh, I didn't contact this person. Oh, wait a minute. I need to sign this. I need to send this. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah. It's good to be organized. <laughs> it's good to have that outlet that other person say, okay, like I do with you. Like, I'll say, hi, Pam. I don't know about this. <laughs> what do you think? And do you have any ideas? So to have a person that you can go to is important. To mm -hmm. have a person you can confide in is important. To have that, basically that community, that involvement, that support system. Because if not, sometimes you're screaming, like from the inside out. Because it's a lot to juggle to be author you, mommy you, school counselor you right. and still find time to be you, the you, you, because we still have a mental health. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And if our mental health is off, then we can't be as successful, nor can we help anyone else if we cannot help ourselves. And sometimes we need that help. 
and I've needed that help. Mm -hmm. Okay, even today, I don't think this looks okay. What do you think? Like, tell me your insight. And you have to be open-minded because you have to be willing to take on what someone is telling you and be open to suggestion. You know, I don't think in this side of the on this side of it, can you be closed-minded? You have to be open to new things, open to ideas, open to change. Because mm -hmm. this is a lot of changing. Um, never did I think I, I had a blog, like a blog that was like huge. I'm like, mom, I have a blog. I'm like, well, what would you have to do? Okay, I'm like, oh my goodness, this me, these media questions. I got to make sure I'm doing this. You want it to be right. And like, that's not enough. That's not enough. I don't do good at fluffing stuff. Like, what else do you want me to add? Like, you also have to be able to talk about yourself. And often we can't talk about ourselves because we don't look at ourselves as doing anything out of the extra and or extraordinary at all because mm -hmm. that's what we do. Or I think the other part is, not to cut you off, I think the other part is, and I had to learn this, I think that us talking about ourselves, we've never really learned to do that without being told stop bragging or stop gloating or stop. Or you got a big head, big ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you enter into this, when you enter into a world of influencing, because you are through your books, you're influencing children, you have to become comfortable with one, sharing your story. Because right. everything that's written le is is leads from somewhere, whether it's an experience that we've had, and yet we might be like, "Oh, well, this is this is it." Well, that's not enough when it comes to media. Your people want to know who you are. Who is the person behind these books? Mm -hmm. Who is the person behind this business? Who is the person behind this product? Who is the person behind this brand? I don't give a damn if it's just a T-shirt, a ruler, or anything. People want to know the person behind it correct it makes it more believable when you can share that experience and so where you was like i just don't do i i'm just very direct forward i'm like everybody has a story and you're more than what you think you are and your story in begins to impact other people as the, the more you decide to share like what you did here you said that you can resonate with your book both as an as a child and even now as an adult. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you have a story. Like, and I that's true. That has a lot, that weighs a lot, even um, like the counselor field. Um, because <laughs> I have kids that don't have the best shirts. You know, the kids mm -hmm. that don't come from top dollar households. Kids that feel like, well, I only have one one pair of shoes. Like, okay, so let me tell you, Miss Harmon used to have only one pair of shoes, and it's gonna be okay. My parents were not doctors; they didn't bring home over eighty thousand dollars a year. Sometimes it wasn't always, you know, a big Christmas. It's about being able to value and appreciate what you have, and it's okay. You know, it's okay that your mom doesn't drive, you know, the best car, a Tesla that you can drive itself. That doesn't change who you are as a person. And I think having not what everyone else had as a child, it caused me to appreciate things differently. Okay. Because when you can do certain things in the, as an adult and you can offer certain things and, you know, I'm like, okay, so I can do this. Okay. I couldn't have a phone till I was 18. Oh, I have a phone now. Let me take care of this phone for my mom. Take it back from me. 
Um, so it's like <laughs> it was hard. I couldn't. I had yeah. an ex for a phone. I had my cousin's phone, but when I got it, those nine o'clock minutes made a difference. Verizon to Verizon was important because that phone card might not come back next week. And that part, so like you had to be able to growing up teaches you how to appreciate things. Yeah, my parents not allowing me to do everything that I wanted to do as a child allowed me to see okay, maybe that was the best thing for me because I could have mm -hmm. been doing so many other things, however, I was told no. And no is okay. No doesn't make you any less of a parent than saying yes, because everything is not needed to be tangible. Mm. Right. And even as adults, okay, when we work for something, and if it's for something that we want, we don't mind paying for it. Exactly. That part. Compared to something that's just given to us, sometimes we might not take care of it the same way. But if I worked for it and I've spent my last dime, oh, I'm going to wipe those shoes off. They're going back in the box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so appreciation is real like being able to and I think learning how to talk about myself and still being humble is important like you said sometimes people say oh you're big headed or whatever but being able to do it and still be humble and re but remembering from where you come from right because that's a part of you you know what I'm going to say this and then I'll um, I'll get your information. I know being humble is so important, but who are you being humble for? I, I'm having to, I had to learn. I had to learn. I think being humble is an easy way of saying you still don't have a right to own everything that you've done. That's just my personal opinion. I work so hard to get to where I'm at. And if I want to shout it to the, to the moon, I'm <laughs> You know what? My relationship with God and where I got my blessings from, I'm appreciative of that. I'm like, you know what? But easy come, easy go. So right in the moment, I'm going to cherish it until it's taken away. And when it's taken away, I'm going to be like, damn, well, at least I got to enjoy it. But there are so many people that operate in toxic humility. They think that, oh, I have to minimize or, you know, I don't want to give too much because I don't want to be viewed as... um conceited or big headed that you don't celebrate yourself. And so I see that with so many patients where they have never been taught to celebrate their wins that they end up minimizing the wins and maximizing the losses in their life. And there's a, it's dysregulated. There's no balance in you being able to say, I did that. Like I put in the work and I did that. And so we have to really move from this notion of always being humble and okay, well, the you know, I don't want to seem like I'm braggy. I think that's just the me in me because me, I'll celebrate my wins and my loss together because okay. if I win, okay, I'm happy. I'm excited. Okay. We're going to celebrate. We're going to do this. Whether it's we're going to get crabs or we're going to have mm -hmm. armored sour whatever but even if it's my loss okay all right i see what happened okay i need to do this again i can do this better next time um instance for school i have a cognitive mindset okay. being in the aba that whole holistic approach the cognitive it does not work that is not going to get you a good grade on an assignment that is not going to get you a a good grade on a paper i have two classes that i've had to take over 
and each teacher is different. However, it was like, right. you need to think from an ABA mindset. And I was like, well, what is that? I don't have an ABA mindset. I have a school counselor mindset. I have a mommy mindset. Well, how do I get there? But I had to embrace and learn how to get there and then still celebrate the fact that I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, maybe I can do this. I can do both. Okay. So being able to celebrate my wins and my L's all at the same time has been a big thing. No, I couldn't do that, but I can do it this way. Right. And I would always say, it's more than one way to skin a cat. Oh, but definitely. Yeah. I've always said I'm an introvert and I'm a weird introvert because I am. It's okay to not different. It's not weird. Either way, I don't even care. <laughs> I will celebrate my weirdness. It is okay. And I embrace weird, different, throw it off, a blind. I am the blondest of blondes at times. And it's okay. Like, it's all right. So, um, I don't know. Like, I'm an introvert. I don't open easily. I don't mm-hmm. talk easily. Like, for with them, like, okay, how do I write this bio about myself? And what am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell you the basics because that's that's what I do every day. But it's still when it goes on on paper, like, how do I explain this? What do I say? Where do I put the feeling at? So instead, I'm like, mm, I'm a school counselor. I'm a mama for, yeah, I'm an author. Yeah, okay. <laughs> don't come on over here talking to me because if you're not a kid, it's not going to work. If you're an adult, <laughs> I don't have much for you at all. However, if it's a kid, hey. So that's my inward shell. And me having to come out, I was like, okay. And then I read what Pam sent me. She changed me. It's like, yes, I have that jazz. And then that is my jam. Where did you get that from? I'm like, however, I do. It just takes a while to get me there. Okay. So I would say at first, like you said, oh, I did that. But you have to get me to that. I, I did that personality and that part of me before I go, oh, did you see it? Oh, that To was be awesome. able to acknowledge it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it just yeah. takes a while. It does. I think for me, I operated in the shadows for a very long time. And I had someone tell me, you need to, to step into the light. Because the only way you can make impact is if you step into the light. True. And, and, I, and I'm like you, I do celebrate my wins and my losses. And I was talking with Don, you know, remember Don from the mm-hmm. Hey Dandelion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I wrote <laughs> she had posted something on her her thing and uh, to a comment that I had said about, you know, when I was doing a TEDx talk in Africa and I put something down. But I shared with her on a recent post about what she wrote. And I said, you know, no one, not a single person in this world would understand or even know the beauty of a rainbow if they never saw a storm. Mm, And so I look at my life like that. So I'm when no matter what I'm going through, I always know that I will see that rainbow because I can't appreciate the good if I don't go through the bad. And I don't and I'm the type of person that if God stripped everything away from me, I'm gonna praise him because I already know that if there's a reason But I also know that when I'm working for him, he's going to provide what I need. I'm never going to not have. So there's no reason for me to be stressed out, worrying, 
because you can't pray and worry. You have you get one or the other. Correct. And I've learned that worrying gets you nowhere. It doesn't change anything. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do what I can in the in those moments when I feel like there's a loss. But I also know that that rainbow is just around the corner. Correct. So I, I live my life like that. And so when I that that um, what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphor came to me. I was like, wow, I, I, I realized just how, and I've seen a lot of rainbows after a ton of storms. And if you've traveled with me and my mom would attest to this, she said, I'm bad luck. I bring rain. <laughs> Every time I travel, I don't know what it is. As soon as I get on the road, it starts, tra- it starts raining and I'm talking storming. Uh, every single time I've traveled and, but every single time on the opposite side of, of that, those storms are always rainbows. So I'm miserable in the moment while I'm going through it. But I, I look at this other side of when I see the rainbow that I've made it. Mm. So I kind of live my life celebrating every facet of my life. I've learned that I'm like, you know, like Cortina said, with humility, I'm I'm super grateful for where I come from. I've never taken it for granted. But what I don't do is minimize it anymore. I minimized it for so many people who said, that's all I talked about. Or you just talk about me. Well, I know how to talk about me. And if you don't know how to talk about you, that's not my problem. Correct. I can't carry that problem. But if we're having a dialogue and I'm talking about the things that I've experienced and the places that I have been, because it's a part of the conversation, I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. And I used to feel bad about that. And then I had to learn that I'm who I am. And you either you love it or you hate it. But I love every facet of my experiences, good and bad. Because if you looked at where I've come from and the things that I've experienced to get to where I'm at now, there are a lot of people who could not survive what I've had to undergo. So I, I live with that. I'm, I'm proud of my damn rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ra, where can people buy your books? Where can they follow you out on social media? Where can they connect with you? A website? What What do you have going on? So, I have an awesome webpage thanks to you know my lovely support team with a bomb logo on it, um, and that's at um, www.theharmonlegacy.com. The background mm-hmm. is awesome. It's marble. My name, my logo is amazing. Thank you, Pam. Um, I also I am on Instagram. I'm at ra.harmon, so ra.harmon, and available through email. If you go to the webpage, you can contact me directly via email. Um, I often respond back right away or as soon as I see it or not too far from when you send it, depending on how you look at whether the glass is half empty or half full. Mine's Mm -hmm. still a little there, but it's okay. Um, so it can be bought at walmart.com, barnesandnobles.com, and on amazon.com. So those are the areas right now and maybe in the future in other places. Okay. Well, we thank you for coming to hang out with us for some cocktails and conversation. By the way, we didn't get what you were drinking. What are you sipping on over there? Right now, I have a blue raspberry lemonade smirnoff in my cup. Oh. Normally, I have amaretta sour, 
but we're not there at this moment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate you stopping by. Everybody go get her book. You are perfect the way you are. She gave you all of the areas, all the places you can get it, Amazon. And you know what? If you get they get them from your website, they get them signed, right? So I'm not there yet. Okay. But I didn't get there. Now, if you get out. Website, you can still, well, yours is signed. Where? Yours should be signed. Go to the front oh, page. Yeah, okay. It's signed. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, yours is signed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? No, the, the, the color ink you use is kind of, it's it's fused in there. So I'm telling you. Think I'm when I see you in October, you will get a new book. It's signed in purple. Okay, so see I'm going to show. No, look, let, let me. It's hard to find. <laughs> is it not? It's like right. Just saying. I had to look for it. <laughs> okay, zoom in. It is zoom in. <laughs> I'm just zooming in. I'm just saying. So when I was flirt, when I first opened it, I did not immediately see it. Okay. So we gonna fix it. Yeah, I want a message with mine. I don't want just no. I will have it ready October when we celebrate. Yeah, I want definitely, definitely. Well, we definitely appreciate you stopping by for cocktail yes. conversation. You were so open and we, you know what? You're beautiful. We wish nothing but success for you. Um, you know, I don't look, we're going to be praying for you in these schools because, you know, I'm telling you schools, we like to think that they are the safe havens. We appreciate what you're doing for the kids because being a counselor is a lot of hard work. A, a lot of hard work. So um, until the next time, you have to come back, eventually be on the show when you have your next book or poetry. Come and do some poetry for us. Come back on here. Get it in with some poetry. Uh, <laughs> but until the next time, come join us back. And we appreciate okay. you for stopping by. All right. Have a great rest of your week. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks, actually. In a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, she was absolutely amazing. Yes, yes. Got so many. Oh, I love this. Love this show. Thank you so much, Courtney. It had C. Fosk at first. I must have messed up your last name. <laughs> um, definitely appreciate you all for stopping by. If you like the show, you know, one of the things that we do here is we have take tips. So you can go to hit the tip jar at www.buymeacoffee.com backslash herspirationhh. If you would like to be on the Herspiration Happy Hour show, go to www.dawentertainment.com backslash podcast. And there's right there, want to be featured on the show. Please, I always let people know when you do it, there is there's basically three steps, but it's really two main ones. The first time if you go in there and if you fill out the contact form, as soon as you hit submit, you will receive a calendar scheduler. Once you schedule your appointment, you'll get your email instructions. And then a few days before the show, you'll get your the actual um, access code and your promo. So we want to make sure that you are happy here. If you, you know, also if you follow us in on in on iHeart or Apple, drop them comments in. We're always open to you know, hearing from people and how, what we could do to make this show better. Never also think that you don't have a story. You know, everybody has a story. And one of the greatest things about this podcast is it's about everything. It is literally cocktails and conversation. So think about it as if you are going out to happy hour by yourself 
with other people, right. you meet some other people. It, it is what it is. And then you can grab your cocktail or mocktail and come and have conversations with us. We definitely missed you being on the show, Louisa. And yes. so also while I'm at it, let me, where, I was gonna say, let me get my phone. Next Wednesday on the show. Oh, by the way, if you wanna be on the show, we are already booked all the way out and for the most of September. The next date is the 28th of September. That's the next date that we have available. And then we're going into October. Next week on the show, we have Sarah McElroy. She's going to be the next feature that we have on our show. Cortina, where can people follow you at and reach out to you? You can follow me on all social media platforms at The Girlfriend Therapist. At, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> but you also have the Noir oh, and the Noir Center. T-H-E-N-O-I-R Center um, and Sex, S-E-X-D, Unveiled. Yeah, that's her That's her newest one. Yeah, and you can follow me, uh, and now, you can follow me on, at, on all platforms at I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y. I am Dr. P. Gurley. You can also follow the Herspiration page um, on, of course, if you're watching on Facebook, it's at Herspiration Happy Hour. On Instagram, it falls under the main company, D-A-W Entertainment. And, you know, the www. Uh, DAW Entertainment backslash podcast. You can find us on all podcast uh, podcast platforms. Oh, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so in every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m., you can catch us right here. Any last minute words of wisdom that you want to give to our audience, Cortina? Um, just stay the course. Whatever it is that you have as your goal, as your plan, it's important to make sure that you stay focused and committed on achieving whatever it is that you've created or that you see you want to achieve in your life. Sometimes life gets hard. It gets in the way. We, you know, we fall short. We get defeated. However, don't stay down. Just continue to go and pursue whatever it is that you feel in your heart you want to achieve. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And so I'm going to leave this last little message. And this is the one thing that Don had had said. I said, speak into your life, speak into other people's life, mm -hmm. right to make an impact or not right to make an impact. But change begins where you choose to make footprints. Correct. And so every day is a step forward for being someone different, you know, that you can make yourself better. And different is always being you embrace your authenticity, embrace who you are. As Ron Harmon's books say, you are perfect the way you are. I rhymed. Absolutely. I rhymed. I rhymed. <laughs> and with that, everybody, we'll see you next Wednesday right back here at 7 p.m. on Herspiration Happy Hour on Facebook. Uh, what is it? Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Yeah. Till the next time, see you all. Cheers. Cheers.